Off balance. Yeah. Ah, welcome back. Another episode of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Headphone Joe, and I'm here with my buddy, as always. What's up, everybody? Brennan Tassif, coming to you live from New York City. Yes, he is. We'll talk about some of those New York teams maybe shortly. Ooh, jeez, just hit something. Uh, what just happened there? What just happened there? Anyway, there we go. Sorry. Uh, computers. Computers. They're glitchy. <laughs> uh, but we're going to get right into the kickoff. We're going to talk about some of the big games and some of the games we need a little little more time to touch on just slightly. Uh, then we had, a, we had a stacked week in college football. I believe half of the top 25 were playing each other. Um, and then we're in the thick of it with the WNBA playoffs for the quick hits and MLS and Premier League season. So without any further ado. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Ah, Brennan. Yes. Uh, you want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> so the Denver Broncos went down to travel down to South Florida to play at the Rock or the Hard, depending on you know what side of the street you're on. Um, and it was a bloodbath. Uh, yep. The Dolphins hung 70 points, the most since 1966, I believe. Only the third time a team has ever scored 70 points in a game. Uh, that's 10 touchdowns, folks. That is, they two of their running backs gave them four apiece, and then Tyreek Tyreek Hill added another two. Um, this is a game played without Jalen Waddle. Uh, Brennan, are the Dolphins the best offense in the NFL? And did Sean Payton put himself in a corner? Yeah, so uh, two questions. First, I think Miami has the best. They, they're they doing now what I didn't think could be done in the NFL. It's what Urban Meyer did at Florida and then Ohio State, where he would go to, tr- I think I've talked about this before, but he'd go to track meets, and that's who he'd recruit was track stars. And you're like, oh, yeah, that works in college because they're just there's a different level of athleticism. But you do, you wouldn't think in the NFL where everyone's an athlete. And we've talked about it before. Some things that separate these players is like two tenths of a second. But it looks like that's what Mike McDaniels went out and did. <laughs> they're just so fast. Uh, I think, yeah, this is far and away the best offense. A couple things. I think McDaniel ran up the score. On you think he Sean ran Pay- up the score? I think I think he wasn't going to let off the gas because. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not because it was 70 to 20. But I was it was seven. They they scored the 70th point with eight minutes to go. I think they got the ball like one more time or two more times. Yeah, and I think after what Sean Payton said about Nathaniel Hackett, who comes from that same coaching tree, Mike McDaniel's was like, "I got something for you. You want to talk shit about my boy? I got something for you." Uh, yeah, it's the best offense in the NFL right now. Just statistically on paper, I test. No matter what you want to say, it's. I mean, I've talked about it a million times. Ty- Tyreek Hill is fast, man. That's a fast man. Tyreek um, Hill is very fast. And 
like you mentioned, they didn't even have Waddle in this performance. Uh, it's the NFL. Weird things happen. You know, we saw some teams that shouldn't have lost lose this week, and then we saw some teams that shouldn't have won win. So I'm not going to say it's like, oh, the end all be all cancel the rest of the season. Miami's got it. But as of right now, with Tua healthy, they've unlocked something. And yeah, Sean Payton, between talking shit and then about this coaching trade, uh, which Mike McDaniels is a part of, and then also this Russell Wilson situation, I think he's backed himself into a weird corner just because there's nothing he can do. Like he can bench Russell if he wants and they're paying the backup $10 million for two years, which is a lot for a backup. Cause I think who, who's their backup? It's Simeon, right? No clue. I think it's Trevor. Trevor Simeon's back in Denver. I I don't think Trevor Simeon's in the league right now. No, you might be right. I'll Google it. But whoever the backup is, Sean Payton had him in New Orleans and liked him. And so like Ian Bach or somebody. (laughs) There's a lot of talk that uh, that he wants Russell to do poorly. But this people want to blame Russell. This defense fell apart. Yeah, I was about to say this game is not on Russell. You could blame a lot on Russell. This had nothing to do with Russell. Um, They were just outpaced. They could not. They couldn't match. Stidham. It's Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham. I would say they just couldn't match what the Dolphins were doing offensively. Um, their defense looked porous. Um, and it's crazy. And you got to look at Vance Joseph to some degree. And you got to look at Sean Payton to some degree. Because last year, I mean, when the team was playing bad, quote unquote, is mainly the offense. The defense was the only thing holding it all together. The defense yeah, was the glue defense last, last year. year. It's a top 10 defense. So... Now the defense is getting demolished 350 yards on the ground. That's so many yards. This on the ground. In franchise mode sometimes, if I'm going against a hard team, like in the playoffs, I'll turn it on rookie mode. Just That's so why I kept like, saying, like, I had my buddies over. <laughs> and then, like, at some point, because we were just watching Red Zone in the Falcons game, because one of my buddies is a Falcons fan. So... I see the score and I'm like, dang, Dolphins got 70 now. And then I look, I'm like, with eight minutes left, they're yeah. playing on all rookie. That's not a thing. All rookie doesn't exist. Not but I was like, they're playing on all rookie. Like, this is insane. Um, but yeah, no, Sean Payton, I, we have to go back and reexamine that Sean Payton stint in New Orleans. And is, cause that's the only place he really was a head coach. Was he good or, was Drew Brees that good? Like, this which the one was Tom it? Tom Brady, Bill Belichick thing, only because since Was Tom his Brady's D coordinators left. good, Greg Williams? Because after Greg Williams left, there was a lot of talent that ended up having that team being higher, but that defense was not as vaunted as it was when Greg Williams was there prior to no. the, uh, Tackle Gate or whatever the heck it was called. Uh, Bounty Gate. Yeah, Bounty I'm Gate, inter- thank you. I'm interested <laughs> to see what Tackle they do moving gate. forward because – I mean, Sean Payton, I mean, we've seen plenty of coaches have good situations and still lose and end up getting fired. But I'm interested to see what Denver's going to do, because you can't over you can't overreact to this loss, even though it's a, a traumatic loss. But also, like you said, is Sean Payton the guy like what's happening now? Uh uh, final thoughts on this one. Um, I do want to shout out the Miami offensive line. Tua has been clean for the most part through three games. Um, and honestly, this is what this is the flashes of things we saw. Well, not seventy points, but 
the the potency <laughs> of the offense is some of the flashes of things that we saw last year when Tua was upright and healthy that made us both rank them in our top tens. Um, yeah, and shout out to Mike McDaniel's for saying that last year he was like, "You guys have no idea how good of a quarterback Tua Tungavaloa is," yeah. and I do. And we were all like, "Shut up!" I mean, I, in my mind, I was like, "I mean, he had to be good because." He was a freshman. They threw him in a national championship game in Alabama, and like, he was very good there. Um, I can't remember. Did they? They didn't just like throw him in willy nilly. Like Jalen wasn't playing well, right? Uh, the game. It he wasn't that he hurt. wasn't playing well, but he wasn't. They weren't winning the game. Yeah, and they needed to mix it up. And they, he, Nick Saban, made the decision that no coach really ever does: is a quarterback change in the national championship game. <laughs> crazy <laughs> he brought him in the second half and yeah the, the rest was history after that God. but um yeah man uh the broncos gotta look at themselves in the mirror this is <sighs> words can't express <laughs> no sorry if you looked at your podcast podcast uh player but i mean i just <sighs> i got nothing more uh, yeah, nothing for the Broncos on this. <clears throat> Speaking of people I have no more words for, Brennan, fourth and one on your side of the field. Are you going for it? Brandon Staley would, because that's what he does week in, week out, no matter what. Um, except this last a, week. Uh, yeah, except last week. Um, this was the game of... This was the Spider-Man meme game. I mean, these are two teams who constantly known to make a crippling mistake a little late in a game, and then you'll look back and be like, but they have so much talent. Um, my Minnesota's having a regression, finally, uh, after going 11-0 and in one-score games last year. I believe they've lost two of them so far this year. I guess technically three because the Eagles game ended up being like a six-point game. Or something. After yeah, they're zero and three. Yeah, on paper they're zero and three in one score games. So yeah, um, after going eleven and zero, which that's as I kept trying to tell people between the 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 Vikings and the Giants, that is not a skill. That is randomness and luck. Yeah. Those two things are not coachable, teachable. They don't continue for in perpetuity. So well, we see it. Speaking of the Saints earlier, we see it. We saw it with that defense, that vaunted defense. What was that in like 2010 or 11 when they mm-hmm. had like the most takeaways, like the yeah. second or third most takeaways in NFL history. And everyone's like, this defense is coming back. They re-signed everybody. And it's like, yeah, but takeaway is not you a skill. Yeah, you can't, you can't just recreate that over and over again. I mean, we're seeing that uh, with the Eagles and sacks, and we'll get to that. Like, that 70 sacks last year, that's just not something that translates year over year. The front is still good, still gets pressure, but getting to the quarterback with that high volume is just not something that you can do in perpetuity. Um, so, Brent, do you think Staley makes it out of this season, and do you think Minnesota will get better, or is this who they've been the whole time? Uh, I think this is who Minnesota's been the whole time. I want to touch on this one first because I think with the loss yesterday, uh, hot take, I literally looked at my uh, friends and I w- and I said, Kirk Cousins is going to the Jets. Because uh, that's what I've been saying that on the show and it's something I heard on another podcast and I know I said I was going to stop doing that, but it made a lot of sense where if, 
if the Vikings have a rough start and the playoffs are kind of out of the picture, and with the way Green Bay looks and the way Detroit looks, it looks like they might be out of the picture for the playoffs. Kirk Cousins has one year left on his deal. Like they're, I don't think they're going to re-sign him to a longer deal. Like just trade him. The Jets have a first-round pick because obviously Aaron Rodgers isn't playing the whole year. If they can get Green Bay to sign off on it and making the Vikings bad, it makes sense for them to do that. Uh, I, so I think Brandon Staley makes it out of this season, uh, but I'm not super confident in that. Ten being the most confident, I'd probably be at like a five. Like I think he does just because it's not super common for coaches to get fired midseason anymore in the NFL, but I also don't think that he's the fit for the Chargers. Then again, it's the Chargers, so who is the fit for them? <laughs> like they keep getting snake bitten. This defense on paper, I would take nine out of ten times if everyone's healthy. And everyone's yeah. healthy the first first two weeks of the season, everyone's healthy, and they're losing these like weird games because they're letting the other team score thirty five points. Well, I think um in your hiring practices, <clears throat> I think you don't give the job to a guy who's coached one time. Yeah. In the NFL as a defensive coordinator for a team that was chock full of talent and already was good going into it. I don't think that's the guy you just hand over the reins and be like, you figure it out on the job. Oh, especially um, when you have a young quarterback like that. I, I, the fact that they were like, let's go defense. It's like, why? You, you got to, And this is this will dovetail in another game that we're not going to discuss. You got to look at ownership at some point. Like you got to look at ownership and be like. Okay, who's really making the decisions? And are these people... It always takes me back to what Dominique Foxworth said about uh, going into his first players' um, uh, players union meeting against with the owners. And he's like, oh, these guys aren't necessarily smarter than me. They just, to some degree, inherited a team, uh, were good at business, but not good at, like... Fo- they don't understand football or anything because you have uh, the Chargers who hired a defensive coordinator who again had one year of experience and you have the bears who drafted a quarterback and then got a defensive coach and it's like well what was the plan here did anybody actually have a plan to help the quarterback that you are going to in theory invest all this money in with the first overall pick and hope that this person is your future did anybody have a plan to get this guy better at his position or are we just trying to navigate around the quarterback like <clears throat> well it's an interesting it's an interesting idea because it com- it takes me to this idea of like all these pieces have to fit together and it's a Dominic Foxworth point it's like getting a coordinator or a head coach is just if you get the best head coach that still might not be the best fit for your team and we see it in Houston they went out and got a defensive coordinator but D'Amico Ryan's has been in the NFL for 20 years yeah. Like and, and and so yeah, and Will Anderson, who everyone said was too small, it looks like the defensive rookie of the year. For sure. So it's like these things have to mesh together. So you can't get like some retread coach who is a coordinator at one or two stops or like a, a quality control guy for two years, then a coordinator for one year, and now all of a sudden you're like, Oh, this has to be the guy when you have a brand new quarterback. And and honestly, I didn't know this fact until last night while watching the, the Eagles game. So when Sirianni got hired and he was bringing this staff and whatnot, and I remember Brian Johnson came and he came from Florida, and I was like, wow, you're going to get a college guy to be your quarterback coach? Ah, I don't know about that. 
Come to find out that was <clears throat> that was a lot of foresight on Sirianni, Harry Roseman, and Jeff Lauria to sign off on it because Brian Johnson was coached in high school by Jalen Hurts' dad. So he had a relationship with Jalen Hurts, and now he's the OC. So it's like, and then you hear about last year when, uh, because Steichen's running the whole offense, so when uh, they'd come off, he goes to the quarterback coach. He's talking to Brian Johnson to look at things uh, that he didn't see on the field. So it's like those bonds, those relationships are instrumental to having a franchise run efficiently and effectively. Uh, yeah. You just can't plug and play. And that just lets you know that going into, what was it, two years ago now when he first got the job and I was like, you know, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is the future. This is all kind of, you know, let's see. They went into it with the idea that Jalen Hurts is going to be the future. We're going to put the best position around him for him to succeed. That's actually having foresight, having a plan and delivering and executing on that plan. Unlike Minnesota, who when the the GM got there, this new GM got there, said, yeah, I don't know about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, Minnesota. I'm telling you, the Jets need to just take that first round pick. and be like, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't know, think that's going to happen. It's a huge overpay, but that, that I mean, the it's Jets a huge overpay because good. you don't have your second round. So you don't have a first or a second and then you get rid of Kirk Cousins after a year because your hope is that Aaron Rodgers comes back. And then if you give up that first and you don't get to the Super Bowl with Kirk, you just gave up your uh, you just mortgage yeah. a future, but and, in hoping do, that Aaron Rodgers does well. If you do make it to the Super Bowl and Kirk is that guy, you'll but like we all that? know Kirk is not that guy. You like that? I mean, did you see? Did you see the end of this game? By the way, no, I did it. Let me put you there. Oh, wait. No, I did. I did because <laughs> it, I forgot because the Jags game was over. So they cut in oh, okay. the, the very end of this game. I, I mind you, uh, this is from the standpoint of somebody who owns Kirk Cousin in three fantasy leagues. That's too many. Uh, he's great fantasy quarterback. Yeah. Needed a touchdown just, you know, just for some insurance. If he would have got that touchdown, I actually would have won one of my leagues. But uh, that's besides the point. Um, also, Kyron Williams like catch that ball and get into the end zone what the fuck were you doing last night my boy like you just dropped a gimme at one but anyways uh, Kirk Cousins driving they get the ball down to like three four yard line they they get the ball it's 30 seconds they have no timeouts Brennan no timeouts the clock ran down to 13 seconds before they snapped the ball. They didn't try to, sna- to spike it. They didn't yeah, that was try to thing. run up and get anything done. They snap it with 13 seconds. Tipped interception. End of game. Like, that's the Vikings in a nutshell. The Vikings I, are I remember watching the, the end of that game because when they picked it off, I stood up in the – and because I was at St. Pat's, the Jags bar, and I stood up yeah. and I go, Kirk Cousins to the Jets, baby. 0-3. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> Brennan, you know I don't I don't like to revel in uh, people's sadness or uh, you don't know, dance on the graves of others. But the Dallas Cowboys are an exception I make every year, week in week out. Because since I've been cognizant of football, they have not been good anymore. So it's just it's it's great. Uh, it's like I have blinders. It's like yeah. I have amnesia. You know, it doesn't doesn't count. Um, 
I can't believe just because they won three Super Bowls that they are like, because statistically they are the most popular team in yeah. the country, and it's amazing to me. It's like they won three Super Bowls like forty years ago. They won three Super Bowls under Jerry Jones. Tom Landry won a couple. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like it's one of those things where there's the pa- people hate the Patriots, and they've won six in the last. I know they years. really should be America's team because they're like. If you want America to represent like success and sustainability yeah. and competence, it should be the Patriots. Twenty years of dominance over the last, but uh, but yeah. Anyways, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> so the Cowboys, uh, they went to Arizona, which a lot of people will tell you is kind of a Dallas Cowboys home game. A lot mm-hmm. of, I mean, Dallas Cowboys fans travel, you know, regardless. Well. Like there's there's like four teams that travel like extremely well, San Francisco Cowboys, Eagles, and I would Pittsburgh. say Steelers. Yeah, yep. I would say Steelers as well. Um, and they lost. They got they got they got beat up. They got they got like a nice black eye right on the right on the on the black on the eye. Obviously, I meant to say not on the eye, but you know, got lost in the analogy. Twenty two. 222 yards on the ground from the Cardinals uh, from this against this vaunted Dallas front seven that people kept telling me about. Um, they lost Trayvon Diggs in practice uh, yep. like a day or two before uh, this all went down. Um, torn ACL. <clears throat> torn ACL out for the year. But I got to say, I don't think that affected that is the issue that went into this game. Yeah, Trayvon um, doesn't play linebacker. Yeah, he's not. He's not running. He's not defending the the run. Um, Brandon, I got two questions. What is the problem with the Cowboys? Because if you don't get to it, I'll get to a couple of things I've noticed even over these last three wins. Uh, and are the, is Arizona not terrible? Because they also were up twenty points on the Giants, who we all can agree though the Giants are terrible. Uh, so we'll take it. Ails the Cowboys. Uh, Dak Prescott got to stop throwing those picks at the worst times. Uh, he only had one, but it was in the end zone again. Um, the biggest thing I think why the reason the Cowboys lost this game though is um, oversight. They were just looking ahead, thought they would roll the Cardinals, uh, and just were not focused on this game. They have the Patriots next week, so I think they were just kind of thinking of head because then after that they have the 49ers, which is going to be a huge game. So I just I don't, I don't think they were paying attention. It's the NFL. I say this all the time, especially when these kind of upsets happen. It is the NFL. Everyone is good, um, and Gardner Minshew is proof positive of that. Uh, <laughs> also, Arizona's... I thought the Josh Dobbs thing was a clear tanking move. Um, is Josh Dobbs good? Did I miss I something? Mean, Did I miss the I memo? Thought, I thought he was uh, respectable when he was at Tennessee, but when he got to the league, he kind of just bounced around. And I thought he'd be know. like a career backup. And then they got rid of Colt McCoy, who was like their guy yeah. as a backup forever. So, same as you. I thought it was, oh, this is this is the tank job. The fix is in. And um He's more competent than not. Uh, if you're done, I, I I think I have. Yeah, that the, was it. It was just the the looking ahead. I think really big Cowboys think in the end. I know what the Arizona thing is. I can say for the last two weeks, I can somewhat explain that. Arizona's head coach right now, 
was the Eagles defensive coordinator. Uh, he has a lot of reps playing against the Cowboys and the Giants. <clears throat> they were able to continue the game plan with the Cowboys, unlike last week where it kind of fell apart. But if you noticed in this game, if you were watching it and heard the commentators, they kept saying um, the you would think people would run away from Micah Parsons, but they're running instead at Micah Parsons. And if you remember last year's, I think it was a Sunday night game, first time the Eagles and the uh, Cowboys played, the Eagles kept running to Micah Parsons' side, therefore overloading. Not You don't have to overload initially, but once the shift moves, once you can now pull a guard and bring it to Micah Parsons and get him frustrated, that takes the sting out of what their defense is. Um yeah, Michael so, Parsons is really good at chasing down the play from the backside. Exactly, so if you run it right. So at if him, you put it in his face and yeah. you overload it, he he's over. He's not. He's an elite athlete, but if you have two offensive linemen coming on a double team, like he's not what he's a person. Like he's not going to do that. <laughs> but also, like the thing that people have gotten confused is. Remember when he was drafted, he was supposed to be a stand-up lineman. He's supposed to be more like a Hassan Reddick where he stands up and pass rushes. So since then, they've got him more in, uh, what is it, four technique? Uh, it's a wide technique? five, three-point stance. Three-point stance. That's what I was like. Jeez. Uh, three-point stance, four-point stance. They got him with his hands in the ground instead of standing up. So now his get-off is a little slower, especially now if you bring more, if you overload his side with bigger bodies. There's not that much he can do. He's a slighter frame guy. His yeah. his advantage is speed, not power in that, in that sense. Um, so I think that's how they were able to get the run game going. What ails the Cowboys? People have not been talking about it a lot, but the last three games they've won, they've won the last three games they've played to start the season. The first game, offense really didn't have to do much. No. Defense came out like gangbusters. Lost my fantasy week that week because of that defense. <clears throat> Second week, a lot of field goals. Not a lot of execution in the red zone. A lot of field goals. That game probably different if Dak, if Sauce Gardner catches that pick that Dak yep. threw him early on in that game. And in this game, a lot of field goals. Not a lot of done in the red. Not a lot done in the red zone. Brennan, you know two people they lost from last year to this year. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Who's the other? Dalton Schultz. Oh, yeah. He's in, Dak's uh, number one target in, in the red now. zone. He's in Houston now. Dak has lost his two most effective, and Dallas have lost their two most effective red zone scores. So when they get, when they have, because they have good drives, when they have sustainable drives, they don't have the hammer to put the nail in the coffin. So if the defense isn't scoring seven, it's hard for the team to score seven. So they call Des. Somebody call Des. <laughs> no, we don't want to see Des anymore. Uh, so I don't. And when they had Des, Dak didn't throw to Des. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how good this team is in actuality, and how people want to make them that good. Dak Prescott is not a bad quarterback, but he's also not. A transcendent a quarterback. He's, <laughs> I was yeah, say, he's, he's not, not a, a quarterback one. that's going to take the take you over the edge. He's somebody who can play within himself. If he plays within himself, he can do good. If he has to, if he has to improv, if he has to do more than, 
look, more times than not, he'll probably be successful. But the percentages are way closer than you would like to imagine. Well, I think all that's connected. I think what you're saying about Ezekiel Elliott and Dalton Schultz and then Dak Prescott is all connected because it takes a certain kind of goal. It takes a certain kind of quarterback to be like, you know what? I'm going to throw a 50-50 ball in double coverage like in the back of the end zone. And yeah. Dak's not that guy. No. Dak had Zeke in the flat or he had Dalton Schultz coming on a crosser and Dalton Schultz is six six. Like, those are comfortable throws to make for him. So I think you're exactly right. I think he's a good quarterback, but I do not think he's an elite quarterback because an elite quarterback pushes the ball, pushes and, to try and score. And to that respect, I mean, think about how C.D. Lamb is best effective in this offense. It's not Open in the space. outside. It's not in the outside. Oh, it's when no. he's in the slot and yeah. coming across the middle, coming for easier throws. But yeah, that's into right. I mean, his Lamb's not that's like I'm a saying. red zone guy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like get him into manageable somewhere I can see the numbers, throw it on the numbers. I don't have to throw it up and hope he can get it. So yeah, they don't have a ladder guy. They don't have a guy to climb the ladder. They don't have a climb the ladder type of guy. Look at Brennan dropping the climb the ladder. One more round. All right, Brennan, I'll let you take this one first. Okay, uh, one more round. We're going to do one minute each. <clears throat> Houston at Jacksonville. I don't need a minute. You don't even need to start the timer. Uh, same thing I talk about every year with Jacksonville, uh, especially the last two years. An abundance of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball, uh, and the sloppy play. Sloppy, sloppy play. Picks, special teams gave up a blocked field goal and then gave up a kick return to a fullback. Gotta love, you know me, love to see that. Someone with a big 40 on their back running is down the field. Is that a thick six? Is that a thick six? <laughs> yeah, it's 255, bro. Okay, just ask. Um, but yeah, it was just sloppy play. Uh, obviously, Jacksonville <laughs> thought they were going to roll Houston. Uh, fun fact, uh, I think uh, CJ Stroud is the guy. Uh, he looks like the guy. D'Amico Ryans, I'm so happy for him. Uh, because everyone was like, oh, it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud's like a huge drop-off, and C.J. Stroud looks great. Everyone's like, oh, Will Anderson's not the guy. He's too small. He's a motor guy. He doesn't have actual athletic ability compared to other pass rushers, and he looks like the guy. So I'm really happy for D'Amico Ryans. Jacksonville's got to get the fuck out of their own way because this is, sorry for cursing, this is this is ridiculous. Um, Yeah, it's ridiculous. We thought this was going to be a year where Trevor took that next step, and I won't say he regrets. It just looks like he hasn't, you know, ascended in the manner that, you know, we kind of foresaw. Yeah. Uh, we thought this would be a breakout year for him. And he, it's, and I mean, he's more of the same is still good. Yeah. But then he'll throw bad, that, but. Yeah. He'll throw that random pick or the ball will just be a little too far outside and the receivers can't get their feet down or he's leading Calvin Ridley into a stanchion and he's running into stuff. And it's. I will say one thing, though. I got, I got, I cannot leave this segment without shouting out my boy Tory Thompson, who pregame, like five minutes left to go, he just tweeted the group chat. I think the Jags might get upset. Un, unprovoked. He just randomly sent this out. And then the entire game, I'm like, he fucking called it. <laughs> I, it was interesting. I got to the bar and I go, thank God, finally a game where I don't have to stress. Like last <laughs> week, it was super close against the reigning uh, Super Bowl champions. The week before that, we played three bad quarters and only one Man. good one. I was like, this week, we'll put it all together and I can just relax and we'll be up like 14 nothing in no time. And never, never happened. happened. We actually were coming oh, back oh, oh, oh. and then they scored that touchdown. 
Uh, speaking of not having to worry for an entire half, uh, the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles played last night on Monday night against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, a lot of people, you know, wanted to throw the two and zero Tampa here. Bay Buccaneers. The two and zero. The two. Do you correct? Um, a lot of people, you know, I'm I'm annoyed with the uh, the, the schedule makers to start this season. Uh, we had a we had the Sunday game, then we had a Thursday game. Then we had a Monday game. It's like, can I just watch my team on a sun like on consecutive Sundays, please? Goodness <laughs> gracious! But um, the team looked good. They they moved the ball effectively. Um, there's still some things to clean up in the past game and in the play calling rhythm of it all. Uh, Brian Johnson, as I mentioned earlier, first time play caller for the Eagles. Um, so there's still some rhythm things, some pacing things. I saw something come out that Jalen was sick. Um, I don't think that excuses the two interceptions. One of them was excusable because it was just a phenomenal play by the defender. Uh, but one of them, it was just a miscommunication between him and DeAndre Swift. Um, but, yeah, no, there's still a lot of good there. 200 yards on the ground. Both running backs looked effective. Honestly, I would have liked to see Rashard Penny come late in that game to get a couple carries because he's looked effective in the couple times we've seen him so far this season. Um, I mean, to a degree, mistake free, penalty free. The defense, the defense, defense looks so good. The defense, I was watching some of this finally. game while I, while I was waiting for Matt at the stand, so I was just watching it on my phone. Mm-hmm. I did not realize, like I know everyone knows, I love the draft. I knew how big Jalen Carter was. I did not realize Mungus. how big <laughs> Jalen Carter was until he was like dwarfing wharfs, who's like their all pro tackle, and I was like. Oh, he's like four inches taller than him. He is. He had he had a strip. Uh, I don't think it was a strip sack, but a strip tackle, basically a forced fumble. Um, him. There was a there was a run that uh, Rashard White tried to. They tried to Bucks tried to do with Rashard White, and he just went right into J- Jordan Davis's navel. Like it's Jordan Davis just Jordan Davis swung and around Waterman, like a child. It's, yeah, it's. <laughs> Uh, Noah Smith had a good play yesterday. Like there was a lot of good from the defense. Um, held him to three for most of the game until late, where uh, they finally went on a scoring drive. They just Baker was like, "I'm just gonna throw it to Mike Evans." He finally realized, "I'm just throw it to Mike Evans every time." <laughs> let me let me not, let me stop messing around. <laughs> with Baker in there, they were in like total rebuild. I, I know we got to move on, but they were in like total rebuild mode. And then after the first two games. They were, They're like, Baker's oh, like, maybe. No, maybe. Yeah. They were like, oh, we're not going to resign Mike Evans. We'll let him hit free agency. And yeah. then Mike Evans had two huge games, and they're like, ah, shit. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I had this team going 9-8. and eight. I mean, I think I think they're in strong contention to win the division, honestly. Because so, that yeah, defense is still very good. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Vita Vey is, yeah. Vita Vey is Jalen Carter before Jalen Carter. Levante David. Um, I can't remember homie's first name, but White. Uh, they got a lot. They got a lot of Jamel Dean. They got a lot of guys on that defense. One more round. All right, I'm going to talk about the uh, ref game. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts beat the Baltimore Ravens. I believe this was in Baltimore. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, in overtime. Uh, weird game. Couple of uh, obvious. There was one obvious PI that did not get called. Uh, it was just when you think you have pass interference figured out. Exactly. Right. <laughs> when you think uh, you finally understand it. Yeah, it was, um, 
the Colts have been playing weird football because it's not they're not playing like well, but they're playing like good enough to win certain games, and then they get a couple of lucky breaks. Obviously, I'm happy for my man Gardner Minshew with uh, Anthony Richardson still being out. But yeah, Lamar Jackson didn't have any touchdowns in this one. Uh, twenty-two of thirty-one for none two passing. I think yards. he ran yeah, for one. He ran for one, none passing. Excuse me. Uh, which goes back to this. Def- this offense for the Ravens looks good. It was a weird game. It was in the hurricane. It was. It was just the Ravens are going to be fine. And the Colts, I think, squeaked one out that they shouldn't have. But this is the week for that. I mean, Cardinals, Texans, Colts, all winning games that they were massive underdogs in. So. Yeah, Baltimore. Colts are Colts are two and one. Um, Jonathan Taylor comes back. Jonathan Taylor, one more week. Yeah, Yeah. four weeks. Um, But yeah, no, this game was like you said; it was very interesting. Uh, Justin Tucker missed a field goal that was dead center, but also a yard short. Uh, I mean, it was was a sixty-yard field. goal. It was a sixty-yard, obviously. Yeah, look, look. I mean, Jake Elliott made it the week before, but uh, you know, no, no, no biggie, no biggie. And the Colts um, kicker also hit four, uh, four field goals over fifty-three yards. Just saying, you know, can be done. Uh, You know, people get old. Just you know, it's all good. You know, Jake Elliott's the number one guy now in the league. You know, no, 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 you know. No disrespect. Hey, let's, let's power in that foot. No disrespect, yeah. but all the disrespect. No, no disrespect, disrespect, but all the smoke. But a lot of disrespect. But um, yeah, no, I think uh, also I think a big thing to talk about. I, Baltimore was missing seven starters, and like, and they and like twenty people just in general or something like that. It was yeah. absurd. <laughs> They're devastated by injury. De- them and the Chargers. The worst strength training medical people have to be because yeah. like every time a season starts, Chargers it's like, is number one with a bullet. But then yeah, they they stab the guys long. Yeah, they they'll always be number one. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Baltimore's the right there. there. One more round. Uh, this slop of a game, New England versus the Jets. This is basically just me going on for a minute saying that the Jets. Why did you do this to yourselves? You you could have traded for somebody. You know who you could have used in this game? Mike White. You, you, yeah, let, yeah. My, you let the wrong guy go. Just because this guy was a number two overall pick and you're trying to salvage face, you're trying to save face, and you let him stay in. Oh, yeah, he can learn behind Aaron Rodgers. Oh, blah, 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 blah. You're going to cut him at the end of his contract. You weren't going to give him a fifth-year option just because he sat behind Aaron Rodgers for two years. So why not just cut bait early, keep Mike White, who the entire locker room was behind last year. And you know what he did this weekend? He came in in relief of Tua. Went two for two, 158, 158.3 pass rating, and a 60-yard dime to a former Jet now known as Chosen Anderson, formerly known as Robbie Anderson. So I forgot about Robbie Anderson. You, you, you made the wrong choice over and over again. I think the coach, I think the coach is fine. Robert Sala is a good coach. Defense looks good. You, you, you're killing all the goodwill you had with your fans and with your players. Like. You're gonna you're gonna suck the life out of Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson if they have to stand there and look at Zach Wilson, the MILF hunter, week in and week out. Did you see what Garrett Wilson uh was mouthing to one of his coaches? No. 
say got caught on the sideline uh, by a camera. He goes, he's pointing at Zach Wilson on like the other side of the bench. He goes, he can't fucking throw the ball. I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> when you're one number one wide receiver saying shit like that, that's a bad sign. It's not he's not Stinks. throwing me the ball. It's not I'm open. What's going on? It's he cannot throw the ball. He stinks. He's a below. I think he's like around fifty percent for his career in percentage. That's on all throws. That's not plus twenty yards. That's, that's not bad. on on thirty yard passes. That's every sing, things behind the line of scrimmage. Things in front of his face. He's fifty percent for everything. The guy does not know how to fucking play quarterback. That's enough of the NFL. Brennan, college Joe. football season, as you know. College football. Well underway. Here we go. All right. How many minutes do you want for the upsets? I don't have them all listed, so it's going to be a lot of scrolling. Uh, do three. Three is yeah, good. I went to three. All right. So last week, Iowa went to – just going to start with this one. Iowa went to – is it the what, – what does Penn State call their place? The Nittany – oh, Death Valley. Death Valley. Too many Death Valleys. I know. There's um, like five of them. <laughs> too many Death Valleys. Uh, yeah, they went in – just for Brian Ferentz watch, they did not score a point. So right now for the season, he is averaging 21 points. He has to get to 25 to keep his job. Uh, Oregon shellacked Colorado. Uh, this is a game that I foresaw happening. I think Colorado's uh, only chance of beating one of the better teams is actually USC because USC's defense has a lot of poor tackling, um, and they could get into a shootout there. But Oregon has been building their program consistently for years and years now, and they have a 30-year-old quarterback at the helm in Bo Nix. Um do, 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 yeah, there was no LSU. real upsets. Not really. LSU almost lost uh, to Arkansas, 34-31. Yeah, Ole Miss lost to Alabama. Sorry, Charlotte hanging train. around with Florida. Holy shit. They did. They did. Uh, we had one upset. Oregon State and Washington State, the last two Pac-2 teams um, at the end of this year, uh, <laughs> 38-35. Um, do, do, do. Miami p- put a hurting on... Uh, Temple, 41 points to seven. Um, I will say, though, now that I have some time here, not a lot. Of, well, Clemson almost beat Florida State. Let me not forget that one. Florida State. We, lost to, we lost to the uh, fight in Illini by six points. Damn, you lost again? Um, who's the yeah, coach? The, you got to get him out of here. Sean Herman's trash. He, uh, whoa. <laughs> the Mensa man himself. Get him out of here. Get um, him out of here. Get him out of here. Um, I will say this. So Miami. Illinois is a pretty good team. If people want to say things about Miami and who they've played, first of all, we did put 48 on Texas A&M, SEC team. So, you know, be that as it may. Uh, The thing that I'm happy about for the rest of the season, for foreshadowing the rest of the season, we play Georgia Tech. We're going to play Clemson. We're going to play Florida State later. I think we play North Carolina or Duke, one of the two. Um, all of us were true are ranked right now, except Georgia Tech. Uh, the offense is scoring with consistency and efficiency. 48, 48, 41. I don't care who you're playing. It's hard to put up those numbers on a week-in, week-out basis. All right, Florida State almost lost to BC last week and could have lost to Clemson this week. 
Um, they're squeaking by with 31s. 31s also a good number, but it ain't 40 some on. But hey, you know, that's just, you know, a little salt in the wound. You know, gotta gotta primer the ground for some uh, what is it called? Some rivalry talk, some rivalry is chat. Florida State good. They're top five, I believe. So Yeah, they're, but I at first when the season started, I was like, oh LSU's They beat an fast. LSU team that a lot of people are now questioning themselves how good was the LSU team. But you know what? I want them to be high, so when Miami beats them, we take that seed. Uh, the last game that I did want to talk about that we didn't get to here was the Notre Dame-Ohio State game, Brennan. Notre Dame was up towards the end of this game, and then they made a huge mistake. But you know, Brennan, they liked it so much, they did it twice. Yep. Ten people on the field. Ten people on the field for the last two plays of the game. Al Golden, former University of Miami head coach, then was a tight ends coach in the NFL. Somehow he failed upwards. And now was a defensive coordinator for Notre Dame. Uh, sent ten men on the field twice. And with back that, Ohio back. State was able to get their final touchdown. I got to say, Ryan Day did a lot of chest pumping after this. Got to say, if you scored because the other team put not enough men on the field, I don't know how I don't know how happy you should be about your team's performance, my guy. But on to the rankings. All right, Brennan, it's time for who's in, who's out, who's up, who's down. Which one you want first? Uh, let's do who's in, who's out. All right. Who's in? Who, I, I, I'm going to always ask you, and I hope you always just do it how it's ordered. Yeah. <laughs> who's in, who's out? Uh, we're going to start with who's out. We got three teams out. Colorado, after losing that game to Oregon, went from 19 to out of here. UCLA lost to the Utah Utes. Uh, Utah, by the way, they're like – Potential Heisman quarterback still has not played a game. They've played four games now. They're four zero. Cam Rising still has not played a game yet. Um, that's how good that team is. They're 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 premier guy still hasn't stepped on the field. Iowa after getting stomped thirty one nothing in Death Valley in the fourth death of the Death Valleys. Um, they're twenty four to out of here. Who's in? Missouri is in. At number 23, Kansas is in at number 24, and Fresno State is in at number 25. Now, for who's up, who's down, we're going to go with the biggest losers. Oregon State has dropped five spots from 14 to 19. Ole Miss has dropped five spots from 15 to 20. Uh, And then we got USC after a win. A little unconvincing over Arizona State. Went from five to eight. All right. Now your biggest gainers. Uh, I'll start at the bottom here. Florida moved up three spots from 25 to 22. Washington State moved up five spots from 21 to 16. And somehow in a super unconvincing win... Ohio State moved up two spots from six to four. Also, you had Tennessee move two spots from 23 to 21. 
Oklahoma and North Carolina are 14 and 15 respectively after moving up two times. Um, Miami also moved up two spots from 20 to 18. Yes, so Duke, North Carolina, and Florida State, and Miami all ranked. A lot of people said the ACC was dead. ACC looks alive and healthy. Yeah, so we got to say ACC's so. out there giving good old fashioned butt kickings as prime. Good so. old fashioned butt kickings. All right, on to the quick hits. You'll be surprised how quick. And- quick, Mamie hits quick hit. All right, right the time w- we got to go quick. Running out of time. WWE playoffs are underway. Uh, Brennan's Dallas. Wings eventually beat my Atlanta Dream to move on to the semifinals where they faced off with the Las Vegas Aces. The Aces took game one. The series is 1-0 going into tonight. And the Connecticut Sun have uh, moved on advanced to take a game away from the Liberty. So the Sun are currently up 1-0 on the New York Liberty. Uh, Who won last year? It was the Sun or the Aces? The Aces won last year. Okay. Um, I believe they played the Sun in the championship, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, but then they lost one of their best players, and then their second. Well, they lost one of their best players, and Jonquil Jones. She went to the Liberty, and then one of their three, you know, big three currently, uh, got hurt. I believe she tore her Achilles out for the rest of the year, oh. and they still have been balling because Alyssa Thompson is one of the best players in the league. She is her. She is her. Uh, and her fiance, Dewana Bonner, is also still one of the best players in the league. So they have not slowed down much. They play at on all. the same team. Play on the same team. Happens more Ooh. times than you think. It's very funny. Uh, Courtney Vandersloot and uh, Allie Quigley were also they were married and won a championship for the Chicago Sky a couple years ago. Um, where do you go to get a little peace and quiet? I know, right? Yeah, it's nowhere. It's always nowhere. So uh, game twos are going to be tonight. Um, and like I was saying, these are best three out of five. So, uh, first round was best two out of three. This is best three out of five. So, on to the soccer corner. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, to get it out of the way quick, MLS, I don't think Inter Miami will make it to the postseason. Uh, after a draw this week with Orlando City, um, it doesn't look like they're going to have enough points to get there. Messi. Uh, as I don't think he played in that last game uh, due to fatigue, coming, you know, playing so much. International play and everything. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, and then having to go play for Argentina internationally. But tomorrow, I do think he's going to play because Miami goes for their second of the three cups. The U.S., the Lamar Hunt U.S. Cup uh, final is uh, Wednesday night against the Houston Dynamos. Um, so we'll see who wins that. Uh, and Miami could come away with two pieces of hardware from a season that was basically waiting in the water for Messi to leave PSG. Um, and that's not a bad result. Coming away with some silverware for the first time in club history. Uh, a club that's three years old. Infant. Uh, but in the Premier League, not a lot happened. Uh, Fulham had a nil-nil draw with Crystal Palace. Fulham still trying to figure out their striker position. Um, Raul Jimenez has been good, just hasn't had the uh, finishing touch that Mitro had in years past. He has not scored as of late. Um, I think we should start Kyle Vinicius, but Raul has played as well as you can ask for without just scoring like 
he's linking play. He's tracking back, helping defensively where he can. He's trying to make assists. He just can't get it in the net, which is killing me. Um, <laughs> but we're currently 11th in the table. Uh, and the next couple of games are gonna we're gonna play more teams beneath us than above us. Um, we really just went through probably the toughest part of our starting schedule uh, by seeing Man City, Arsenal, and Crystal Palace that early on. Um, and our next game is tomorrow in the Carabao Cup against Norwich, which is a lower division team. So that should uh, bode well for us to move along in the Carabao Cup and work our way towards maybe getting some hardware this season. That would be great, uh, getting a little cup or a little trophy there, um, get a little couple extra bucks, you know. So, yeah, that has been your soccer corner. And it's time for the press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. <laughs> Brennan, where can we find you? Uh, at Brennan T Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Uh, check out my one-man show at Patreon.com slash Brennan Tassif. Uh, I will be in Philly October 6th and 7th at Jester Castle, featuring for my good buddy Matt Fulchron, the full charge. And then uh, I'll be in New York October 14th at Broadway Comedy Club. Uh, all dates are on the website, BrennanTComedy.com. Joe. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can find this show's Twitter and Instagram at Curing Press. Uh, don't forget to check out all the other shows on the network, a new low network, a new low.co, the big show, a new low with four idiot chuckle fucks uh, just telling you about what's happened in the weeks past in their lives and around the world. You never know. Um, and then who does a podcast? That's who does a podcast with me, Kyle, and my brother, Rick, where we. Uh, review a musical and rank the songs on the soundtrack. It's very fun. It's very funny. We're doing, uh, we're in the spooky season shortly when we record the next episode. So, Little Shop of Horrors will be the next episode out. We just did Grease. That was fun. That was funny. A lot of fun things revealed. And there's something after the, after the end of the episode there. You think the episode's over? Then we have a little more discussion because some guys are creeps. Uh, don't forget to go to joedorval.com, uh, joedorval.com to check out all the stuff. Uh, I got a new album coming out here shortly. Uh, uh, tomorrow, when you're hearing this, if you listen to this on Tuesday, tomorrow I'm finally going to put it on socials, uh, pre-saves and sales and all that shit are happening. So yeah, uh, I will be going on Brennan's show here shortly to promote it. I'm going to be sending it to Brennan here shortly to hear it. He'll be the second person to hear it uh, after my lady. So that's going to be a very Aww. fun Aww. and funny experience, I'm going to assume, uh, when we get to that. Uh, so, Brennan, get me out of here because I got to go to the gym. Me too. And that's Pumps why we iron. play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out. Sam Morrell, very funny comic, came into the restaurant, was super cool. Too cool for how popular he is. Sam Morrell. I've already hit the courts already today. That's why I was a little late. Two-a-days, baby. Pump some iron.